Hi everyone, my name is Jonathan Fries, and you are listening to What the Flock, where we talk about topics that have caused so much damage people don't come to church anymore. I'm the senior pastor of Music of Life Church Appleton, and I'm joined by the senior pastor of Music of Life Church Kimberly, Pastor Joel Swakowski. What's up? Ooh, a lot. Looking forward to this episode. Yeah, this is a little uh, different of a topic. Um, today we're going to be talking about humility. Yes. So I'm excited to hear uh, what you're going to teach us. Can you give us some background on the topic? Background's pretty simple. This is one of the characteristics that Christians are supposed to supposed to exhibit, you know, among other principles like love, right? Mm-hmm. Like Christians are supposed to be loving. Christians are supposed to be humble. Right. However, Christians have been a really bad representation of humility. Hmm. If anything, the the characteristic of a of a a normal or stereotypical, you could say, a Christian is that they're not humble at all. They're very stubborn people who are very stuck in their beliefs and not necessarily willing to hear anything that is opposed to what they believe. So might even be carrying a sign. Maybe, maybe carrying a <laughs> Explaining sign. Explaining what they believe. Yeah, maybe being very judgmental in the signs that they're holding. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah, very, very stuck in their ways is what it seems like. Yeah. So how has, uh, how have people been hurt by that in the church? Well, everybody, everybody's been hurt by leaders who can't give a definition of humility and are also telling people to be humble. This is a way that we see pastors and leaders in the church hurting hurting people in the church in according to every doctrine. All the doctrine that these pastors and leaders are telling people that they have to exhibit while also not being able to give a definition for uh, is a type of damage. Oh, for sure. People are being held to a standard that they're not being given the objective measures to actually live according to Mm -hmm. how can i be humble if you don't teach me what it means wow so you know and this this ultimately then leads to us having bad and wrong definitions attached to this really important principle and ultimately um what this has to do as far as humility goes is usually the the result is that humility is attached to being wrong and no one wants to be wrong, mm. including the pastors and leaders who are telling people to be humble. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times what we see pastors and leaders exhibiting is the is is the most stubborn. The people who are supposed to be the most humble are the most stubborn. And something you taught me is one of the things we see is when when a pastor or a leader is trying to both be in charge and be the smartest person, they guard against anybody else being smarter than them. Mm. So then it's my job as the guy in charge, who's also apparently supposed to be the smartest guy, to make sure anybody who's smarter than me is kept quiet, especially around me. Because these people are a threat to my ministry. Mm. If you know more than I do, you're a threat to me being in charge. So this is really how how this topic, this humility topic, 
has been damaging in the church. Wow. So that's like saying, you know, I'm the smartest, the, the, the pastor's the smartest. Everyone else needs to listen to them. And so that definition of humility literally becomes, you know, be a lemming. Oh yeah. Do what, do what I say without yep. question. Right. So how do they support that position in the Bible? It seems kind of like a crazy, wacky position. Like a really misapplication of humility, oh, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. Um, well, there's because there's humility verses all over the place. Mm -hmm. um, anytime we see the word humility or meekness, anything like that, it's talking about this this doctrine. But we see there's ways there's ways I can make the scriptures say whatever I want it to say. Mm. And we've covered that in the Read Your Bible episode where... If I'm not reading and interpreting the Bible the right way, what the Bible says isn't good if it's not used for the right reasons. So we see in 1 Peter 5, 5, here's a verse that I would use mm -hmm. if I was trying to support these this strict perspective, right? Mm -hmm. Likewise, you who are younger, be subject to the elders. Clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility toward one another. For God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. You know what? I'm the elder. Mm -hmm. I've been humble. I've put in my humility time. Right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right? totally. And now it's your time to be humble. Oh my gosh, it's like yeah. it's like seniors in high school, right? right? Yeah, freshman, sophomore, junior. Well, you know what? I'm a junior. I'm going to be a upperclassman. Yeah, I'm an upper. As yeah. soon as you are, yep. As soon as you're an upperclassman, it gives you the ability to beat the crap out of everyone who's younger. Which is still humble because I'm helping you be humble. And you did make a point about putting in your time. I did. I've you got been the, humble. And you know what? You got the, the crap kicked out of you. I did. And you handled it well. You know what? It <laughs> helped me become the man I am today. Wow. So you're really doing right. the people a favor by kicking I the crap am. out of you. So you're welcome. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, man. Well, there you go. So, so how do people argue against this? How do I defend myself? against people that are uh want me to thank them because they're kicking the crap out of me yeah that yeah that's <laughs> i'm teaching you i'm teaching yeah. you humility yeah through experience i'm teaching you humility well again this goes back to the definition and and what we're dealing with with people in the strict side is people trying to convince us to do something through effort right mm -hmm. these are people we can directly confront and the the best way to directly confront somebody when it comes down to a doctrine or a principle that's being misapplied or or flawed in its in its presentation is to ask them what their definition of the word is. So in this case, I'd just simply ask, "What's your definition of humility?" Mm -hmm. And and ultimately, what we'd be doing is exposing that humility isn't just about it isn't about being wrong at all. Humility is the ability to consider you are wrong. Right. This means the the inability to consider I'm wrong is pride. Mm -hmm. And where the contradiction is exposed is if I'm able to ask an additional question, if I'm still, if the person hasn't already fled, so remember, what we're doing here is defending our thought process from being taken down. Mm -hmm. If the person's already stopped abusing me and 
stopped judging me, well, then great. The defense strategy worked. But if they still want to have this conversation and they're still not seeing the flaw in, in their application of humility, one of the greatest questions to ask is, was Jesus humble? Nice. And we know he was. Absolutely. And it says in Philippians chapter 2, we can read Jesus was humble. Jesus was humble and he also wasn't wrong. Right. So humility can't mean being wrong. Jesus could be humble and consider where he could be wrong. Nice. While still being right. Mm. So that's not a contradiction. But if I ask, if somebody thinks humility has to do with being wrong, while also Jesus was humble, that's the contradiction. Okay. So that's how those questions can expose that and hopefully slow down the person who's coming after me. Awesome. Yeah, that reminds me of something, you know, I, it was, man, it must have been like 10 or 12 years ago. I was looking for a car to buy and um, I went online and found that a car ministry was selling a car. So sometimes there's these car ministries. They sell it at a really good price to help people. And sometimes they'll get extra cars, sell them in order to make money for the ministry, to build the shop. And they'll fix cars for other people and give away cars. Ministry? But, you mean like so a Christian ministry? Yeah, a Christian okay. car ministry. So okay. a church basically had a whole car ministry. Okay. So when I saw that they had a car for sale that I thought was great, I bought the car. I drove it for two months and the transmission died. Oh, okay. So I went to the ministry and I said, hey, um, I bought the car. It's 60 days old. Uh, is there anything we can do about this? And they, pa- they kind of passed me around, passed me around. And then eventually I got a hold of the leader of the ministry. And he said to me that the car was sold as is. Okay. Yeah. He goes, as is, is as is. Mm. As is means, you know, you, you get what you paid for and there's no warranty. So I asked him, is, is that the way that the church wants to handle this? I understand that that's the way the world handles it. Or a used car salesman. Right. And I said, do we want to have that, you know, same standard? And he said, well, Jonathan, why don't, why don't we have a different conversation? So anyway, what happened was we scheduled another meeting. He's like, I don't have time to talk about this right now. We scheduled another meeting for later. He came over. We sat down. We had a conversation. And I said to him, here's my only question about this. I understand if we want to have you know, the same measure, if we want to have the same standard as a used car dealership. Here's my only point. Do you believe that this car situation was handled in a right and just manner? Wow. He looked at me and he said, Jonathan, I'm very offended that you asked me that question. He goes, I'm not going to answer that. People that are my peers ask me questions like that. And that's not, you are not able to ask me that question. And I said, okay meeting over <laughs> wow great defense strategy though right mm. this question you ask what what i love about it is this is just like all the all the things we're dealing with when it comes to damage it's always deeper than what the context is yeah so this becomes not about the car anymore right 
And your question went deeper than just about the car. And it went to, what's this guy's moral standard to how he wants to live? Right. And is this really a ministry? And I love the question of, is this done in a right and just fashion? That's a version of a defense strategy question we would help somebody use. Have you, is this, have you handled this the right way? Right. And just let them go then, right? Yeah, and that's what, that's what happened. You know, I think in the past, a lot of people shut down when they're in that, in that position, you know? Right. So given the strict perspective, what we're seeing is people that don't have a definition or their definition is you do what I say because I'm older than you. Right. You know, the senior yeah. in high school, I'm senioritis, yeah. I'm the elder, I'm an upperclassman and because I'm an upperclassman, it gives me the ability to abuse. Right. Because they feel like they're they're. Well, know. it does feel just to me because I was abused. Mm. So now I get to be the abuser. Wow. And people who are younger than me don't have the right yet to be able to ask me questions like that. Wow. It's deception. It really is. It really is. Great, great story. Cool. Okay, so let's go ahead and go to the loose side of the argument. Oh, actually, you know what? Before we do that, we got a call from Pastor Dick. All right, Pastor Dick, go ahead. You're on the line. Oh, yes. Hello, Pastor, oh, Pastor Jonathan. This is Pastor Richard Tater from McMillan, Alabama. Now, as you know, I am the pastor of the largest church in McMillan. So I have somewhat to say upon the matter of humility. Now, I happen to be the example of humility because I am the best at it. Being the pastor of my church, it is my job to help people stay humble. I am the example of humility. Now, I will go ahead and your feedback and hang up and as always this is my favorite podcast hey god bless wow thanks for the call pastor dick excellent comments what 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 do you have to say upon the matter pastor i have Joel? somewhat to say about <laughs> that you? i think it you know again I'm, I'm always grateful when he calls in yes i don't it. agree with him much but that's okay we're not about trying to get agreement as a step one we're trying to understand each other and nice he does tend to bring a perspective that either supports one side of the argument or another, and it gets us talking more. So I'm appreciative of Pastor Dick. This perspective reminds me of a major issue in the application of humility. Mm. People often think that helping another person find a different perspective is humility. It's not. Okay. The person needs to initiate the the ability to consider whether they can be wrong or not. That's the ability to apply humility. Is I need to be able to see another perspective, including could I be wrong? It's not about me putting that on to other people. This reminds me of the sex before marriage and divorce episodes we did. So I'm glad Pastor Dick brought up and, and emphasized this point. We talked about people ending a marriage. Mm -hmm. We talked about what it meant to start a marriage. Mm -hmm. We even brought up the talk, topic of getting remarried. And this is fine with God. That's kind of one of the, the perspectives we brought is like, 
Divorce, sex before marriage, remarriage, these are fine. As long as they're done the right way and for the right reason. Mm. So getting this, and this is a point that I'm going to use to, to really emphasize the application, the right application of humility, is even with divorce. Getting divorce is never 100% one of the spouse's problem. There may be more fault lying with one over the other, but no one's ever completely without fault in a divorce or in a marriage ending. In the unprofitability of a marriage, it's never just one person. So if I'm going to get remarried, what am I going to do differently? Because if I'm going to get remarried, if, if my first marriage ended in divorce, one of the things that I can that, that I can be sure of is that that marriage was according to my plan. Mm-hmm. If I want to get remarried, I ought to first be humble. Find out what I did do. I have to have the ability to consider where I was wrong. I ought to find out what I did wrong and where I need to change. Because everyone did at least one thing that contributed to their first divorce. So this is a great application of humility. Is this sex before marriage, divorce, and remarriage topic. If I was married, I got divorced, and I'm about to get remarried. Mm -hmm. If I'm not considering what did I do wrong in my first marriage and changing what I did wrong, then I basically could put all my money on the second marriage is going to end the same way. Nice. And just because it's a different person doesn't make it... It's, you're not getting at the belief. You're not right. getting at the, the, the lesson learned. And, and who we're married to is important, right? But everything happens through a thought process. And, and ultimately... If I'm not changing whatever my strategy, my thought process strategy was for my marriage, then it is going to end up resulting in the same thing. Wow, that's awesome. Okay, so we talked about the strict perspective. So what's the loose perspective, Pastor Joel? This is where I've, I've heard people say, well, God knows my heart. As, as a response to a person being prideful, maybe unwilling to answer a question, unwilling to define a belief or maybe in response to having done something wrong, some wrong behavior. Mm. Confronting that person and their response being, well, it doesn't matter what you say, Pastor Jonathan. God knows my heart. I'm humble. And this really is, this loose side is there's, there's, no, there's no guideline that can prove if I am or am not humble. It all just comes down to how I feel. This is how I feel. And there's nothing you can say that'll change my thoughts and feelings about my own humility. God knows my heart. Wow. So it is, it's an, again, it's an inability to consider another perspective. It really is. But if I say God knows my heart, my strategy there is to get you off my back. Mm. Because you don't see my heart. Only God does. Hmm. So you can't tell me I'm not humble. Well, a person who doesn't have a definition of humility would say that because they don't have an objective measure behind humility. Right. So how have people been hurt by that perspective? So people have been hurt by this. 
Because the, these same people who are saying, God knows my heart, avoid bringing this confrontation to other people. And then the result of that is enabling. Mm. So when, when people completely avoid confrontation or avoid conflict, what tends to happen is enabling. Which that means what I'm doing is I'm reinforcing some flawed behavior or flawed belief in your life. Not only not only reinforcing it, but facilitating it hmm. by just avoiding confronting you at all. Wow. So how would you address this issue? How would you step in and confront someone with that perspective? Well, these are these tend to be people who aren't aren't willing or able to be confronted directly. Mm. So one of the ways that I would confront them indirectly is by asking, are you holding yourself to the same standard you're holding others to? And and notice what, what this means is this person can never get upset about the behavior of others. So another question I could ask is, so you're never going to assign a wow. value judgment to anybody else's behavior? So in the future, you're never going to get frustrated at other people's behavior. Because God knows their heart. God knows their heart. If I'm going to use that, so what this, what this question does, this standard that I'm asking them, if they live according to, is basically saying, nobody can confront me about any of my behavior because God knows my heart. Mm. Okay, as long as you never confront anybody about their behavior from this point forward. So when you see this going on in the church, Pastor Joel, what are your thoughts? My thoughts go back to the definition of humility. And I'm, I'm still, still shocked at how few people can actually define it according to what the Word of God would define it as. Mm. What God's definition is. How many people do not understand this really important doctrine. It's one of the, one of the really important things about humility is it is my responsibility to be humble right now god can humble me but that's from the outside that's going to be all through experience that's going to be through making my context really really bad but i can choose to be humble but unless i have a definition for it, an objective way to do it there's no way that behavior is going to come out so I see so many people in the church even, in pride, and it's rare to see somebody exhibit the, the behavior of humility and be able to explain it in a way that not only we can be humble, but also Jesus can be humble like he was in, in what it was recorded in Philippians chapter 2. Nice. Worse though is, is when, it, when it comes down to evangelism, this is one of the ways that I've confronted people in the past about this issue is is evangelism. Christians are supposed to be humble. And they've and and unfortunately they have done a bad job exhibiting that behavior. However, Christians are very bold in their evangelizing of what we believe, right? My job, one of my jobs as a Christian is to go out and get people saved. So I evangelize. What's that mean? Mm. Is I'm talking to people who don't believe what I believe in hopes that I'll be able to convince them to change their beliefs to become my beliefs so that they can believe, hopefully, my beliefs in line with the gospel. So what I'm doing in evangelizing is I'm asking everybody else to be humble. If I'm going to do that, 
Ought I not be an example to these people of humility as well? Oh, man. Ought I not be willing to hear what they have to say in response to me sharing the gospel with Hopefully them? Hopefully you would be so good at it because it's the most important thing. Right, right. If and you want people to receive salvation, that would be the most important thing yeah. and you ought to be the best at that. Right. Yeah. But the, unfortunately, it's the same kind of seniority mentality that I tend to see is, well, I'm already saved, so I don't have to be hum- I was humble when I received Christ. Mm. Now it's my job to tell everybody else to be humble so they can receive Christ. But an evangelist needs, they do need other people to be humble. And if the evangelist isn't humble, they're holding others to a higher standard than they hold themselves. They're holding unbelievers to a higher standard than they're holding a believer to. Which is backwards. That is, which is, yeah. Prideful. Right. Yeah. How do you see this issue present itself in different forms in the church, Pastor Joel? Yeah, in the church. That's such a bummer. In the church, right? <laughs> that we've seen yeah, this so man, much in the church. Yeah, you're right. There, But there is, there's the group of people I feel sorry for. These are people who have no understanding of humility. They're only humble through experience. And this, you know, I touched on this. I've actually heard a pastor say that the only way a person can be humble is by being humiliated. Ouch. So this is really an example of somebody who doesn't have a good understanding or the right understanding of humility. And this person, this pastor, essentially saying in order for me to be humble, really bad stuff has to happen to me on the outside through experience. Humility is the internal ability to consider that you're wrong. Being humiliated is the external act of being proven wrong. Mm. People who are humble as a cause, who can do this intentionally, are people who can never actually be humiliated. That's why I feel bad for these people. Wow. Then there's the people that I understand. I understand the people who are humble in response to being shown where they're wrong. People who aren't necessarily looking intentionally to find areas in their life where they're wrong or find other perspectives that may compete with their beliefs. But they do have and have shown the ability to hear a different perspective than what they hold when it's needed. This reminds me of the Read Your Bible episode. Okay. These are the people who, we understand people who read the Bible when they're trying to learn something new. Yep. However, the danger in that is that we all have confirmation bias. And the way our brains naturally work is we try to prove right what we already believe. Mm-hmm. So that's right. the danger in this category of people is, yeah, even though they're, they're, they've shown their ability to see another perspective, if they're not intentionally trying to find the areas where they're wrong in, a lot of times these other perspectives they're willing to see is just confirming the biases they already hold to be true. Okay. So it's not really helping the person grow. It may be limiting damage, but this person's going to be missing out on a huge benefit that humility offers us, which gets into the people I look up to. Mm. 
the people I'm impressed with are people who are actively looking to find a perspective different from what they believe. Especially, especially the perspective that would prove them wrong. These people know that finding out where they're wrong is the key to growth. They're even able to show others who disagree with them how these how they could be right. So these are people, and I'm not only I'm not only willing and able to find areas that prove me wrong. When I interact with other people, I'm looking to find out how they could be right. Those are the people I'm impressed with. Wow. So that brings us, Pastor Joel, to the ultimate answer. What is the ultimate answer in the topic of humility? The ultimate answer would be for me to consider at least one perspective that is the opposite of what I believe. Wow. That's going to be the ultimate application of humility. Thank you, Pastor Joel. This has been What the Flock. Thanks for listening, everyone. And remember, if you've been hurt by church, you're not alone. We're here for you.